0: Welcome to My Japanese Green Tea Podcast, a show dedicated to Japanese tea, hosted by tea blogger Ricardo Kaiseto. Hello everyone and thanks for listening to this episode of My Japanese Green Tea Podcast. Today I'll be speaking with Noli Ergas of Sugimoto America. And we'll talk about the nutritional content in Japanese tea and specifically Japanese tea powders. Um you'll remember Noli appeared on podcast episode fourteen, in case you haven't listened to it yet. Hello Nolly, welcome to the show. Hello and thanks for having me back. You were telling me that that you had some some results from from your company while testing the tea powders.
1: Yeah, so uh we are in a position as a Japanese tea maker um, where we can, you know, have an idea of a tea p- product to, to make and then put it out. And uh, one thing that we do that is not super common is that we have uh, a number of Japanese green tea powders. Uh, most people have heard of matcha by now, uh, and there is uh, some misconception as to what matcha is. Uh, matcha is traditionally, a Jap- is traditionally a powder, and it is actually the oldest tea that is um, still consumed, uh, that is uh, traditionally in powder form. Uh, But the loose leaf teas that the Japanese normally drink, sencha, gimmaicha, hojicha, you can just grind these down into a powder. And what you have is not matcha, it's actually sencha powder, or gimmaicha powder, or hojicha powder.
0: And there's a big difference in Different components as well between matcha and, and a tea powder?
1: Yeah, so um, matcha and sencha, gemmaicha, hojicha, these are all teas. They all come from the tea plant, Camellia sinensis. Uh, what defines uh, what tea is which is um, mainly what happens in the post harvest processing of the leaf. So you can take the same tea plant, uh, you can pick the leaf. And depending on what you do to it after you pick it, uh, not only can you produce green, oolong, or black tea, but even within, say, green tea, uh, you can make sencha from that leaf, you could make hojicha from that leaf, you could do gammaicha, you can also make matcha from that same leaf. So there are uh, certain things that are going to be the same uh, in terms of the nutrient profile of these teas. Um, and then there's going to be some things that are going to be different based on the processing. There's also going to be some differences based on the grade of tea. Uh, And just to quickly describe tea grades, uh, in Japanese tea, typically the very first harvest, the spring harvest, which is actually about to happen in Japan, it's mid-April now, the very beginning of that first harvest is the highest grade of tea for the whole year. And then in the fall, the very last harvest of the year, and in fact, the very end of the last harvest, that makes the lowest grade, the most economical teas. And so to take matcha as an example, if you have a first harvest tea and you process those leaves and even grind them into matcha, you then have what is uh, commonly referred to as a ceremonial grade matcha, and that's your highest grade of matcha for the year. And then at the very end of the year, you have the fall harvest, and these are, is a much broader leaf, a much uh, hardier leaf. And so, you know, it's had a lot more sunlight, uh, it's grown over a longer period of time. And so when you take that and grind it, you have a powder with different properties. And that's actually the, the lowest grade, the, the culinary, and the most economical culinary matcha grade uh, is what's harvested at the very end.
0: So l- let's start with, with caffeine. What can you tell us about caffeine regarding the test that you obtained?
1: Well, I'm going to put caffeine into a category I'll call micronutrients. Um, I'm kind of making this term up just uh, because micronutrients are the things I consider that are like in very, very small quantities uh, versus what I would consider a macronutrient, um, which is something that is like, say, 30% of the weight of the leaf. Uh, I'd like to start, if you don't mind, with uh, the macronutrients, just because that's that story is very short <laughs> okay. when it comes to tea. Uh, macronutrients uh, are the things that people usually look at when they're looking at a label. Uh, we're talking about the things that have calories in them, uh, and that includes carbohydrates, which has sugars within it, uh, protein, and fat. Now, any of these things, uh, if you look at most... Things you're consuming, whether they're beverages or foods, you have several grams per serving of these things, and each gram, uh, like say for carbohydrates uh, has, or proteins, has four calories, and with uh, fat, there's seven calories uh, per gram. So you know you you drink a soda, a Coca-Cola, for example, and you get something like I think it's on the order of forty grams of uh, sugar, or at least the high thirties. Um, and you get over, like you get about 100 calories or more depending on the serving size. like it's 8 ounces or 12 ounces or whatever. Uh, now with tea, most of what you're consuming is just water. And water has no nutritive value other than water, of course, which is necessary. Um, but when you make tea, especially if you're making it from a powder, like say matcha, uh, you're using a gram is your serving size. So even if tea has a relatively high proportion of protein, which is about 30% protein, depending on what tea you have, that's only a third of a gram. (laughs) So uh, you can imagine carbohydrates and fats are also very low um, in absolute proportions as well. So if you have a serving of tea, you're getting about four calories. So if you're looking for sustenance, tea is a terrible place to look. Uh, In order to get enough calories, you would have to consume so much that you would die from an overdose of caffeine. But if you want a healthy beverage uh, that isn't giving you a lot of calories and has some benefits from the micronutrients, then tea is actually an excellent choice. So I guess maybe now we can move to the the micronutrients. And you mentioned caffeine, right? Yeah. Um, So caffeine is something that uh, obviously people are aware of, the bio-effects. And I want to talk about with every, every, uh, nutrient, I talk about the, the bio effect of the nutrient. Um, caffeine obviously stimulates you, uh, it helps keep people awake, uh, and makes them a little more alert. Um, uh, people have different responses to caffeine, but most people are, are familiar with caffeine. Uh, I like to use, when I talk about caffeine, uh, coffee as the benchmark because, Coffee, a cup of coffee, drip coffee, which is what I'd say most people are consuming, has a very easy to remember amount of caffeine in it. A standard cup of coffee has about hundred milligrams of caffeine, plus or minus you know ten, twenty, depending on the quality of the coffee and uh, how it's uh, roasted, how much, uh, how much you use, and all that. But basically, one hundred milligrams is a nice number that most people can remember. Now, with green teas, uh, most people say, you know, 30, 35 milligrams per cup is what people expect. Like a third. Yeah, it's about a third. Um, for more references uh, in a certain colas, I think Coca-Cola also is in the mid-30s. So a, basically a cup of green tea is like a cup of Coca-Cola in, in terms of caffeine. Uh, some... Drinks like Mountain Dew have over 40 milligrams caffeine. Um, Espresso is actually only about 80, uh, 70 to 80, or sorry, no, I think about, yeah, 70. It's less than that, some some 60 something, you know, depending on how you do it. Um, So espresso actually has less than uh, you're going to get in a cup of coffee. And some energy drinks have anywhere from 150 to 200 milligrams of caffeine. Now, the most that, which is crazy, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what most physicians, I think, would recommend is to keep your daily caffeine intake under 300 milligrams. Uh, I know there's some kind of body weight um, relative amount, but I think 300 milligrams is is safe to say for most people. Do you know how much uh, caffeine you're taking in per
0: day, Ricardo? I don't drink any coffee, just green tea.
1: Yeah, so you'd have to drink like three cups just to get one cup of coffee. Yeah. I'm sure you're drinking more than three cups of uh, green tea per day, but...
0: When I drink a cup, it's only like two ounces because I drink in the Yunomi cups. Okay. So it's, yeah, may, maybe maximum four ounces. It, it depends on the cup, right? Because some are smaller. But yeah, indeed. I, let's say I take about five of those per day. Okay.
1: Yeah, so you're getting, I mean, you're probably not even drinking two cups worth of coffee um, for caffeine. So it's it's a tricky question talking about the micronutrients in a cup of uh, tea whenever it's infused, which most tea is infused, meaning you're putting water on the leaves, letting the leaves sit in the water, and then drinking what comes out of the water. So you're getting only the soluble nutrients. Uh, the insoluble nutrients stay in the leaf, which gets thrown away. Um, and even then, the amount of the nutrients you're getting is dependent on the both the steeping time, the steeping temperature. Those are the uh, two big factors, but also the amount of leaf you use. Do you know how much tea you use in grams for one of your teapots? I use
0: per per one of my cups is four grams. Okay. See, now that
1: is is a relatively high amount of leaf compared to if you're using powders. And with a powder, uh, matcha being the best example, because that's what people traditionally drink as a powder, um, you use one gram for every three ounces, roughly. Well, Actually, I should say one gram to three ounces of water or two ounces uh, is a serving. So a gram of matcha is your standard serving. That's about a half teaspoon. If you're doing a higher concentration, or a more concentrated matcha, say koi cha, then you, know, you may use uh, several grams. But most people, um, when they're preparing it at home, or you know, most tea ceremony uh, students or practitioners, are drinking usucha uh, most of the time. So in, with matcha, you're, you know, you're getting only one gram versus the four grams you're putting into your teapot, but everything in that one gram is going in your body. So for the caffeine, for example, um, the amount of caffeine is going to differ based on the grade of the matcha. A higher grade matcha will have uh, more caffeine than a lower grade, meaning a spring harvest matcha will have more caffeine than the larger summer leaves uh, harvested in autumn. But still, in that one gram, you have, at least in our, um, the Sugimoto America brand, Matcha, you have 30 milligrams of caffeine per one gram, according to our tests. So that's still like a third of a cup of coffee, basically.
0: But it's more than comparatively, because it's only one gram, that if you use loose leaf tea.
1: Yeah, so with loose leaf tea, if you're using four grams and steeping four grams of tea, that's four times as much as you're using of the matcha. And because caffeine is soluble, and uh, if you steep, say, at a higher temperature or for a long time, you may actually get more caffeine in your cup of steeped loose-leaf green tea than if you uh, are making matcha the traditional way. So that's one important thing for people to realize. And with all the nutrient information, if you actually look at how much is in each, or how much uh, of each nutrient is in the the leaf, either um, as a powder or you know, just dry weight. Then you're going to get a certain amount, which only really, um, you can only really correlate to produce, preparing the drink as a powder, which people typically only do with matcha. When it comes to steeped tea, the numbers can be all over the place. And even whenever I look at the research that's done in Japan, often the numbers they come up with, they're using ridiculous amounts of leaf, um, for small amounts of water, like 10 grams of leaf for only like 10 ounces of water. And, (laughs) They they sometimes don't even tell you how long they steeped or what yeah. temperature they steeped at. So it's really hard to um, to use that as a reference when you don't know all the information that went into getting those numbers.
0: Okay, and how about for the other tea powders? How does it compare to matcha?
1: So with matcha, I told you the amount for a high grade uh, matcha, first harvest, uh, a low harvest, or sorry, a low grade uh, fall harvest matcha actually only gives about 19 milligrams of caffeine, according to the products that we've put out for testing. And Sencha, for a, an economical grade of Sencha, you actually get the same number, 19 milligrams of caffeine per one gram of powder. A reason for this um, is, as I mentioned before, you can get the same teas from the same plants. And even if you don't produce the same, or sorry, even if you don't produce different teas from the same plant, um, you know, you may be producing matcha strictly from a different cultivar. So, I mean, it's, it's still the Camellia sinensis plant, and there isn't a huge difference amongst the cultivars in terms of the, the nutrient profile of the leaf. Um, with Gimmaicha, you're only using half as much leaf, right, because you're adding the rice. So you'd expect that the numbers are about half. And, I mean, we got 14 milligrams per serving of our Gimmaicha powder, but... We do add a little bit of matcha to our genmaicha, so that's probably why the number's uh, greater than half. And then with hojicha, this is the one that I was really uh, excited to finally see. Genmaicha comes in at only 7 milligrams of caffeine per serving. And remember... Hojicha. Yeah, hojicha.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Sorry, did I say something else?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you said genmaicha.
1: Okay, sorry, sorry. Yes. Hojita, which I was really excited to see, comes in at only seven milligrams of caffeine per gram. Now, Hojita is something that a lot of people have said, you know, it has almost no caffeine. And I had been saying that, admittedly, uh, for a long time before I actually saw any hard data. Uh, but we did finally submit our teas. Um, and so we have the numbers and you know, seven milligrams per gram is is very low. Uh, just remember, coffee is up at 100 milligrams. Green tea uh, is usually about 35 milligrams uh, for steep from loose-leaf tea. But if you prepare hojicha from a powder, hojicha powder, then you only get seven milligrams per serving, which is typically a gram. Uh, And also to put this in perspective, decaf coffee is typically between seven to 15 milligrams because you can never extract all of the caffeine out of anything. And actually with tea, when you drink a decaf tea, um, they only are able to extract like, even less than they are with coffee. And so still about 30% remains in there. And with decaf tea, you still get 7 to 10 milligrams of caffeine. So hojicha is basically the same as drinking decaffeinated tea, although it doesn't have that decaffeination process.
0: Okay. And do you have any idea why? Why hojicha is so low in caffeine?
1: I do, um, but I don't have numbers for it, unfortunately. With with coffee, just to turn the conversation back to something people um, are a little more familiar with, um, people talk about the different amounts of caffeine in light roast versus dark roast coffee. And uh, doing some research of my own, which admittedly was just internet research, so it wasn't you know hitting the hard numbers. Um, it appears that coffee beans maintain the same amount of caffeine. Um, either with, between light roast and dark roast. I mean, there, there seems to be a little bit of a change, but it's like, you know, fractions of a decimal point. It um, seems very minimal. But uh, because dark roast beans are, are bigger, uh, they've lost some of the mass, and they've expanded a little bit. Um, if you're scooping coffee, then you're actually scooping a little bit less of the dark roast beans. And so, so you might produce a cup that has less caffeine in it. Whatever the case um, with coffee, it doesn't seem that the roasting is really affecting the amount of caffeine to any significant amount. Now, 7 milligrams a cup versus 19 or 30 is, is definitely a significant amount. And I believe it's because our hojicha is a large part stems. So it's coming from both stems, the what would otherwise be kukicha, and leaves, which is the sencha. So... I've always heard that uh, Kukicha has less caffeine than sencha, so the stem has less caffeine than the leaf. But I still haven't seen the numbers um, because we haven't submitted that for testing yet. However, if the stems do have less caffeine, then you know it would make sense that Hojicha also has less caffeine if it's mostly stems.
0: So let's go on to the next uh, nutrient, uh, L-theanine.
1: Sure. Yeah, I can talk about L-theanin for a second. I will go ahead and say that I have no hard data for L-theanin. Um, these tests, I should mention, are very expensive uh, to get the standard nutrient data, um, like what you would see on a label on a product on the shelf in the United States. Um, those tests are usually about $700 uh, per product that you're doing. and So to add to that, by, uh, sorry, we add caffeine and EGCG, which I'll talk about in a little bit, um, we're paying about $1,000 uh, per tea sample that we submit. So having already done um, six samples, uh, you know, we're already quite in the hole for you know, just, just to have data. Yeah. Obviously, this data is really good to have, and, and I'm really happy to have it, uh, having a scientific background. I like seeing hard numbers. But you know it's one of those things that doesn't uh, <laughs> it's not it's it's but for not the budget. direct yeah, it's not directly uh, moving the business forward. Uh, I love it. I love it I have scientific background, I love seeing numbers, and I don't like believing things unless I've actually seen um, a good solid study done or numbers that have come from some kind of experiment or analysis so uh, lLC in I will mention um, that L-theanin, so it's an amino acid. Uh, you can also just call it theanin. It is present in the tea leaf, uh, but amino acids are very susceptible to heat and can denature uh, very easily. So when the L-theanin denatures, you know, it becomes other um, compounds, and so is no longer present as theanin in the tea. And if you... Um, if you allow the tea to uh, oxidize to become black tea, you actually lose uh, most of the theanine. And if you roast the tea, um, you also are losing the theanine. So Japanese green teas are believed to have the highest amount of, of L-theanine. Uh, I've also heard maybe white teas um, are good as well because uh, they're the closest to you know the leaf on the tree. And L-theanine has many positive bio effects. So one of the things l does is it helps activate neuroreceptors. Uh, this helps people to uh, focus better, to really concentrate. It provides this mental clarity that people talk about. Uh, it helps in generating alpha waves in the brain, uh, which is a brain wave that uh, occurs whenever the eyes are closed but you're still awake, uh, which is often happens during meditation. So people find that it's very helpful um to you know concentrate on work or you know it's it's obvious why the Zen Buddhist monks would drink this before meditation uh, back in the day. So that is uh is supposed to be very high in tea and in matcha it's um supposed to be that the shading actually uh produces more of this theanine in the leaf. Now, I'm going to probably back away there uh, because, as I mentioned, I don't have hard numbers for Vienna and I actually haven't, haven't seen what the cost is.
0: So let's go on to the catechins. Sure.
1: Um, so, catechins are the real secret to the Japanese green tea. As I mentioned, you know, the macronutrients you're getting almost nothing of um, in tea, but these micronutrients, and EGCG being one of them, Uh, EGCG being a catechin, they are really what is good about drinking Japanese green tea where you really get the health benefits because in very, very, very small concentrations, they actually uh, do a lot for you. I want to avoid saying too much about all the health benefits of EGCG because um, generally whenever you, you know, start saying, oh, it helps with this disease or helps prevent this, uh, you know, people um, start to feel like you're, selling them snake oil or something like that. (laughs) Uh, So I will just say that there is a lot of research behind the catechin group, and in particular, EGCG, uh, which stands for epigallocatechin gallate. Uh, If people want to do some research on their own, I highly encourage that. Um, On our website, actually, SugimotoAmerica.com or SugimotoUSA.com, we actually have a... uh, a, under what is Japanese tea, uh, we have a link with research studies. And, and those are some studies that I have found. Uh, I, I limited the, the bibliography to PDFs that you can freely download so that the average person can access. And all of these are from peer-reviewed journals in the medical field. So I highly recommend people uh, check that out.
0: I'll write a link in the podcast webpage. Okay, great. Thank you.
1: So EGCG, based on research done in Japan, and uh, I will go ahead and say Japan has done by far the most research on EGCG uh, and the other catechins and the effects of green tea on health, largely because the Japanese government is willing to uh, put a lot of money towards that research. So there's actually a good uh, amount of literature that's come from there. EGCG um, has been shown through a lot of different studies uh, to have many different health of benefits. Some of these studies are cohort studies, meaning they have taken a population of thousands of people and um, asked about their drinking habits um, over a long period of time, and you know pulled data from basically statistical data uh, from you know these questionnaires. Effectively, there have been those sorts of cohort studies, and there's also been uh, more direct studies where they give people you know, a pill that has a certain amount of EGCG in it, or um, caffeine or what have you. And uh, they'll give one group a larger dose, they'll give another group a smaller dose, and they'll give another group, you know, a placebo group, they'll give them nothing. And then they, you know, measure whatever they're measuring for that study. So there are both, you know, very direct effects um, that have been directly observed. And then there have been a larger population studies. Uh, But generally, it's been shown that for most of the Health benefits that uh, green tea provides. Uh, the the best way to uh, get that is to consume five cups worth of uh, green tea and the associated catechins per day. Now, what that means in numbers, um, what I've seen is uh, anywhere from five hundred to eight hundred uh, milligrams of catechins per day. Now, I've been throwing two terms around: um, catechins and EGCG, just to uh, give you an idea of the the makeup, the breakup, uh, rather, EGCG, epigallocatechin galley is one of the group of catechins. So catechins is a larger group, and catechins fall within uh, polyphenols, which is um, a larger group of plant compounds. Generally, antioxidants, uh, when you hear about that in different agricultural products, Most of the uh, antioxidants that people were referring to are often in the uh, polyphenol group. Some of them also happen to be things like vitamin C. I believe that there's other vitamins that um, fall within that group, but mostly they're they're polyphenol plant compounds. Before I dive into the the EGCG, um, I do want to briefly mention something called the ORAC value uh, because I think a lot of people maybe have seen this. Um, maybe you didn't understand what it was, but, uh, it, it gets thrown around a lot whenever people are talking about superfoods. So I was just talking about, you know, there's these polyphenols, or EGCG, there's other catechins. How do you compare it? So, uh, scientists did make an attempt to be able to compare the antioxidant power, basically, of a given agricultural product, uh, through something that they call the ORAC. Uh, value. This stands for Oxygen Radical Absorbance Capacity. And, you know, people have made graphs where, you know, goji berries um, as are considered a superfood and they're at 200-something, you know, is the ORAC score, ORAC value. Uh, dark chocolate's up there with over 200 of this ORAC score. And uh, the USDA actually compiled a list of um, these different agricultural products and what their ORAC value was. Uh, matcha was in a great position on this chart with 1,384 ORAC points. Um, Well, this is all well and good if you're, you know, trying to market matcha as this amazing superfood, but uh, the USDA, actually in 2010, um, said that effectively the scientific evidence is compiled that the ORAC value is is basically meaningless uh, because the biological pathways in which you know these uh, different antioxidants act on the body isn't well enough understood to actually compare them this directly. So, ORAC values are something that you know it's it's, it's kind of nice to you know, see and like understand. Okay, there's antioxidants in here, uh, but definitely don't use it as a the way to gauge how um, beneficial one agricultural product will be versus another. Okay, back to EGCG. (laughs) So unfortunately, this puts us in the position where we have to learn about the individual antioxidants and what they do uh, and how much we should take in. So with EGCG, I was saying, you know, 500 to 800 milligrams, like five plus cups of uh, green tea per day. If you're consuming matcha, you're actually in a good place because uh, matcha has... 46 milligrams per gram of egcg and uh, total catechins is something like 100. there's actually not a big difference in the egcg uh, content between a high-grade ceremonial matcha versus a low-grade or culinary matcha it's 46 milligrams per gram versus 41 milligrams per gram and then sencha if you take a sencha powder it's like 43 milligrams per gram for an economical essential powder. Um, these values are so similar that it you know it could be that really the difference is almost non-existent and that we just don't have enough samples to really have a statistically significant number. I think Genmaicha and Hojicha, those results are a lot more telling in that Genmaicha came in at 20, about half, and then Hojicha at 18. So yeah, you're not going to get as much of the EGCG with Bojicha or matcha but if you have matcha or Sencha powder and you're able to take in all of it, then um, you're doing pretty good. But to go back to, okay, well, I need 500 milligrams per day. Um, that means I need to drink 10 cups of matcha based on uh, you know, what you told me. So that's actually not necessarily true. Well, for one, I was talking about EGCG, which is a, one of the catechins, and, uh, there's, you know, like a hundred mil, milligrams of catechins per serving. So really, you only need about five to eight cups. But also, these servings, I'm telling you, serving size is a very small serving size. Uh, one gram of matcha to three or maybe only two ounces of water is typically what's consumed, uh, by preparing matcha the traditional way. Now, Yes, if you had to sit there on a tummy mat in Seiza, you know, sitting on your knees and ankles, and uh, take out your whisk and whisk up, you know, five to eight bowls of matcha to get your daily intake, then it, that would be a very laborious and painful process for most people. But the typical American is not consuming two ounces of something at a time. In fact, matcha these days, I would say, in the U.S., is more commonly consumed uh, either as a latte or in you know, a smoothie or in some other fashion where you're not drinking only two ounces at a time. Now, with that, of course, you're going to not only increase the amount of matcha you're using because you're drinking more, eating more, but also the, the flavor of the matcha gets kind of hidden behind milk and or banana or you know whatever you're putting into your, your blended beverage. So, for like, say, for example, a smoothie, uh, when I make a matcha smoothie, I make maybe 10 ounces at a time, I'll only use two tablespoons of matcha. That's four milligrams of ma- matcha, sorry, four grams, four grams of matcha, or four times the standard traditional Japanese serving size. So really, at this point, if, I, if my goal is to get my daily dose of catechins, or EGCG, uh, then I just need to drink two matcha smoothies a day, and I'm there. So
0: it's not that difficult?
1: Not at all, no. And the amount of caffeine that you'd be getting uh, in one of those matcha smoothies would still be about what you would get in a cup of coffee or maybe even less. Because, as I said, the culinary grade has less caffeine, and uh, I think the majority of people out there who are making smoothies or lattes, or whatever the blended drink is, um, they're probably using culinary grade matcha.
0: Okay, so basically, what I understand is the catechins are pretty easy to to get in any type of green tea.
1: Indeed, yeah, and in uh, the Japanese green teas, steeping it, um, catechins are soluble, um, so a lot of them will come out in a cup. Um, it definitely helps if you're if you're wanting the health benefits through a steep tea to uh, just use more tea leaves. Uh, but an easier way to do it, in my opinion, is to use tea powders and actually just add them. Um, either drinking it as a tea powder, just you know, mixing with water, or adding it to something else. And, and you're still consuming it either way once it's a powder.
0: When you said that the catechins are about the same in a low-grade matchup compared to a higher-grade one, what that means is that the higher grade is more, um, it depends more on the L-theanine on instead of the catechins?
1: Well, yeah, the L-theanine content is going to be different, um, but, uh, I mean, those are kind of two different things. The L-theanine is producing certain bio-effects, and then the catechins are producing other bio-effects. And actually, I mean, if you want to get really nitty-gritty, uh, catechins overall are higher in a more economical lower-grade matcha, but EGCG in particular um, is higher in a ceremonial or higher grade matcha because the relative proportion of the catechins changes okay. um, through the different grades. But the catechins are all good for you. It's just that most of the research has uh, shown that EGCG is the one that's the best for you. And one more thing I'll throw in real quick um, is that some of the research... And I think this is uh, really something a lot of people don't, don't even um, think about, even people working in the industry, is that a lot of the effects, the, the positive bio-effects of the catechins, in particular EGCG, are actually synergistic with caffeine. And so when people talk about the metabolic effects, uh, like increasing metabolism uh, that EGCG has, uh, EGCG on its own is actually only gonna have a small amount of a positive effect on increasing metabolism. But when combined with caffeine, uh, the effect actually becomes substantially greater. And caffeine on its own has uh, virtually no effect on metabolism. So uh, oftentimes these biocompounds have to work together in order to produce an effect. And uh, another thing with caffeine, and synergistic reactions. L theanine is actually uh, an inhibitor of a caffeine uptake by the body. So you actually get a slower, I guess I would say, stimulation uh, from caffeine if you are taking it with L theanine, which happens in green teas.
0: Well, we're running out of time, but thank you very much. And can you tell us again the, the web address of the, of the page where you have the, the nutritional info in, in your company?
1: Sure, yeah, we have a, a new website. It can still be accessed by the old address, uh, sugimotousa.com. That's spelled S-U-G-I-M-O-T-O-U-S-A.com. And the, the link is kind of long, so I'll just say when you get to the main page, go to the Japanese Green Tea tab, and the last sub-tab under that uh, will be Scientific Studies. And as I mentioned, all of these are from peer-reviewed journals in, in the medical field and you are able to uh, view them as a PDF uh, for free. Um, that's not the way that most scientific literature is, but I kind of handpicked these so that uh, you can actually view them. And in fact, the best article, unfortunately, um, you can't view as a PDF online. It's the one uh, by Maeda Yamamoto in 2013. Um, but I picked that because it is the best one I've seen. Uh, so... You know, if you have access to a library to try
0: to track that. Okay, Noli, well, thank you very much, and see you on the World Tea Expo.
1: Oh, yeah, looking forward to
0: it. See you then. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, Tea Lovers, for listening. Don't forget that you can access the show notes at www.myjapanesgreentea.com slash episode 23. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to my newsletter, and you'll receive updates on the blog once a week in your email inbox. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to my Japanese green tea podcast. Join us again next time.